Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nostru Stoltz coming at you. We just finished up the 3M Open where Tony Finau, where he be now, is the champ. Picking up his third PGA Tour win in a very interesting fashion, Sleaze. I don't know if he won it or Scott Piercy lost it. A uh, little bit of both. I don't think I can remember watching a golf tournament before. I was like, well, this thing's over. This is a cruiser yeah. into the house. And then fast forward maybe an hour or less, and I'll be like, I was like, this thing's over. But it was a totally different dude winning. I mean, Piercy with the bogey, triple bogey combo on 13 through 15. And at the same time, Tony going 14, 15, 16, making a little turkey burger on that on birdies. I, was, I mean, it flipped as fast as, as about anything I'd ever seen before. He still found a way, though, to keep it interesting. With the, the shot on 17 had me hold my breath for a minute. The bangs yeah. off the grandstand. And then, of course, the drive on 18. I'm like, damn, he's just not going to make it easy on himself. But shout out to Big Tone for getting that thing done. This is two years in a row. A guy's had a substantial lead on 18. I don't understand why you hit driver. I was just with him today in Cedar Rapids at Zach Johnson's event. And I'm like, but you're winning by four. Why yeah. are you going to hit driver? Like, dude, you can hit five iron, five iron, pitching wedge, and this thing's a wrap. Like, not even make it stressful. But don't for some even reason, make it. Yeah. He decided to hit driver. Why, why take any club that can reach the water? I just don't. It is a four shot lead. It's just like, dude, you could just chip it around this joint. You know, and, and there's nothing make that, the only thing that can happen is hit it in the water and then something else bad happens. But he ended up getting it done. And uh, but, yeah, that was a hell of a swing. I mean, Piercy looked so in control of his game of that entire tournament. He was rolling in putts. I was like, damn, this is this is looking good. And then all of a but, sudden, you know, bam, this is a great example for the people at home to show you, like, what pressure does to guys, because here's a guy who is, like you said, was completely in control. And then the pressure ramped up like I thought it was done. Like, this thing's over. We got nine holes to play. Scott Pierce is going to be your champion. Great story. And all of a sudden, he didn't – he looked like he didn't know what the hell he was doing out there. Like, when the, and, I, and I feel for him because pressure hits, and it, it's, it's borderline terrifying. And that's why I think the guys that handle it should get way more credit than they do. I mean, when the wheels get wobbly like that, Cole, if you've ever played golf at any level, you've had a day like this where things just start going – you feel like nothing you can do – to get it back. And I thought if we were going to see that, cause I was like, all right, it's been a while for Scott Piercy. Maybe, you know, this, this isn't the cruise cruise into the clubhouse type of final round that we think it might be. But then he came out and made a couple of early birdies on the front. And I was like, damn impressive. You, I thought we might see it on like in the early stretch of the front nine, if the wheels were wobbly, but I was like, no, he's handling this. He looks good. And then but he got the, the back, 20 the back nine happened. Yeah. It was two under on his front nine yeah. fairly quick. And I was like, well, shit, he ain't nervous at all. Or at least he ain't showing it. And then yeah. the back nine. But, I mean, it's like we say all the time, winning's hard. Winning's hard. That's why, I mean, Tony's got three now. Um, Tony Finau's got three now. That could be another one. And um, mm, two in the last Bino. 11 months, by the way, for Big Tone. So, I gotta give to see a him get in there, dude. I got to give a shout-out to Nick Faldo because, mm. I mean, this thing looked like it was a wrap for Scott Piercy. He was way ahead. And on C when they come on CBS, he's like, I'm just going to tell you all, Tony is going to win just to keep you all interested. By the way – Congratulations, Tony Fino. Also, huge congratulations to you, bud. Ryder Cup vice captain. It's enormous. We are going to get to so that. So cool, dude. So but cool. But if you're in the trap, you're going to want a sandwich. If you're shooting uphill from the cabbage, you're going to want a pitching wedge. If you're looking for the perfect cocktail for the 19th hole or watching golf on TV, you're going to want Dewar's Lemon Wedge. It's a light, refreshing, totally sensational cocktail made with Dewar's 12-year-old lemonade and club soda, then garnished with a lemon wedge. If you really want to make it authentic, stick a golf tee dropping in the glass. A clean tee, please. Find the recipe at doers.com. Make a batch of your buddies 
or just one yourself. Either way, you'll be sipping on the cocktail made for golf, the Dewar's Lemon Wedge from Dewar's, the most awarded blended scotch whiskey in history. Enjoy responsibly. So now it is time for the Dewar's moment of the week, the cheers of the week, and you just kind of hinted that a little bit there, Sleaze. So I was at Zach Johnson's foundation event in Cedar Rapids, Iowa this Monday. Uh, my third year playing here, which is, it's one of the best run charity events I've ever seen. It is awesome. They got the gallery roped off. They got, they sell tickets. It's awesome. We have a great time. And obviously Zach Johnson is your 2023 Ryder Cup captain in Rome. They got the Ryder Cup there. They auctioned off a Ryder Cup package that went for $45,000. Awesome. They got the trophy. So we're there, me and Zach are MC in the clinic, having a good time. And I was like, Zach, we should take a picture of you and I with the trophy. He's like, yeah, of course. He goes, you should just joke around on social media and say that you're going to be the assistant captain. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. First off, I think I should be the assistant captain anyway, not joke around. So we post a picture. We're holding the trophy. Everything's good. I'm the new assistant captain. My phone went absolutely batshit crazy. Social media went batshit crazy. Everybody's freaking out. Everything's great. Can we clarify, Sleaze, that just because you say it on social media doesn't mean it's 100% fact? No, if I read it, it's true. That's my rule. It's true. Done. If I read it, it's true. Next, I'm going to do is I'm going to be running for president the next election. Just want to let y'all know that. Well, this is also, not to rain on your parade, a good time for me to announce that Scarlett Johansson just proposed to me. So, big day for all of us. J-Lo is going to be pissed. She is pissed, dude. I got some serious <laughs> messages. I said, babe, babe, I've been, I can only wait so long, dude. My biological clock's ticking. You know what I mean? Scarlett jumped on the opportunity. So shout out to us. We're getting married. It's going to be beautiful. The, but the deal is the amount of like positive comments I got was unbelievable about me being the assistant captain. So I was like, Zach, well, maybe of course. we People might are, it's have like, to that's actually cool. do this. This is out of left one, field. Literally. Of the thousands of tweets that happened, one guy said, how do you have a guy who's an assistant captain that has no Ryder Cup experience at all? One. And I was like, that's unbelievable. It's great. Let me just say this, too, because I started getting texts. I'm on a group text with some players. They sent it, and they're like, ha-ha, joke. And they're like, but people are really taking this seriously. And I was like, then I get on Twitter, and I look at it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he's just, he's just fucking around, obviously. Then I get on Twitter, and I see, like, actual golf like reporters like like we're not journalists dude we have a good time we're a podcast we host radio show we're not i'm not writing articles about what the news and golf right i see like real golf writers writing this like yes just announced and i'm like if you're a journalist isn't part of the rules like you got to confirm it with sources and things like that and you think for a moment if zach was going to make this announcement like hey here's my vice captain that that's how it'd be done on a Twitter on Twitter or on Instagram. It wouldn't be in a press conference. Like, yeah, I've named my vice captains. Here we go. Here's the latest edition. I was like, who, how could you possibly buy into this? I mean, obviously I know you, I know we like to mess around. I'm pretty sure I, 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 I couldn't believe how many people <laughs> were like, happening. yo, this is real. I, I mean, like, these guys also, these writers, they all have my phone number. Like maybe call me and be like, Hey, is this for real? Like, I what's thought going that on? was a rule that you yeah. had to like confirm it, but Dude, it not. was, it but was comical. It so one of the representatives from the PGA of America was at Zach's event because obviously he's the Ryder Cup captain. And he comes up to me and he's like, dude, like, this isn't going well. Like, we, <laughs> I need you to say that this isn't true. I'm like, I mean, you got to be kidding me right now. Like, this, I'm playing behind Tony Fee now. And I'm telling him, like, everything that's happening. The whole day. He is just dying laughing. He's like, 
they're really asking you to say this is not true like this is great uh so it was a it was a very interesting day to say the least at zach's uh, charity foundation yeah, I was getting some texts with some non-golfers. Like, is this real? I was like, no, guys, just wait for it. It's going to come out. But this is not how you announce a vice captaincy on the Ryder Cup. Although a lot of people seem to think that is the way it goes down. That's, a hell, of, of, that's a hell of a moment of the week. Um, it was. But what, the amount of, like, well-deserved all this. My mom called me. She's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, mom, Jesus, stop. Like, well-deserved. <laughs> it's well-deserved. Well-deserved like, on why? the podcast and the yeah, podcast. Yeah. You deserve a Ryder Cup uh, captaincy. Yeah. Uh, you're the, you're the guy you in waiting. I will tell you this. I was out there my third year at the Zach Johnson Foundation. Absolute incredible time. I had my rock form blaring. We were getting amongst us sleep. Well, obviously, because that's the best speaker in golf, dude. If you've ever listened to the show, you know who we side with. That's rock form. Best magnets in the game. They grab the cart. They're not going to let go. They're not going to fall off. No clamps needed. The sound is phenomenal. They're waterproof, drink-proof, whatever you need. By the way, you're walking to the cart. You accidentally drop the thing, have a few too many pops. Oops, you're not going to break it. These things are indestructible. And the battery life is a joke. I've played rounds on rounds on rounds with these things without ever remembering to take it back home and charge it. And the thing just keeps mm -hmm. on thumping. You know the deal. It's the best. And use that code subpar to make sure they know that we came. Yes, and also they make phone cases with built-in magnets so you can stick the phone to your golf cart. That's good. We've all left our golf cart in the cart or had it fall out, and that's a terrifying experience. So they're super protective and convenient with the magnets. Go to rockform.com, 25% off using code SUBPAR. That is 100%. Make sure you type in code SUBPAR because you want to save 25%. All right, this week we got an absolute beauty on the show, Slays. Let's just get right to it. We got the Homeless Hubs. Mark Hubbard on Golf Subpar. Here we go. Okay, folks, it is nice to welcome on my fellow Colorado brethren to the show today. Finally, if you know him, you love him. If you don't know him, you're about to love him. PJ Tour player and a dude who loves to get amongst it. Mark Homeless Hubbard. What up, Hubs? How you doing? Go Avs. Go Avs. We're champs. Okay. Everyone We're champs. <laughs> Sleeves can name one player. One yes, it, and it's the dude that uh, Wyndham Clark has a man crush on. That's the only reason I know. And you him. don't even know his name right now. That's incredible. <laughs> Nate McKinnon. Nate McKinnon. There you dude. Go. Come on, well, man. Congrats, congrats on your abs. First off, he introduced you as Homeless Hubs. We got to get into that. Where did that nickname come from? Uh, probably one of your guys' friends, uh, mm -hmm. Brady Stockton, who actually had a win last week. So congrats yeah. to him on Chez's bag. Uh, but I was living with him and. John Ellis, another blast from a past name. Oh, he used to wow. kite for Wyndham. Oh, yeah. Or no, still kites for Wyndham. Uh, he hadn't gotten fired yet. Hadn't gotten fired yet. Uh, I was living with them, sleeping on their couch, playing mini tour golf. Uh, ended up on the floor probably more than the couch during that period of my life. But uh, yeah, I was I was there for like four months. So nice. I uh, wasn't paying rent and they just started calling me homeless. And <laughs> I mean, I pretty not put together most of the time. So it kind of stuck. Hubs, let's get this. Because that's the story you give to, like, everyone on the interviews and stuff like that, I see. So, Ellis, Ellis claims he created this nickname, by the way. So, uh, it might of be Brady's. But of Ellis course. is I mean, taking was... credit for this, as, which is very Ellis-like, as you know. But he yeah. said it's because you used to dress so terribly. You never had anything ironed. It was wrinkled. Nothing matched. He's like, anytime you showed up to an event, you looked like a homeless person. That's where he says it comes from. And that you kind of spun it for, like, media PR stuff. No, that's his, I, that's I... his take. I have no problem with that. I'm always disheveled. I, I mean, I'm surprised I have any sponsors at all. So I, I think it all just, it all played into it. Yeah. You look good you now though. Thank yeah, you. You look fantastic. Well, 
probably because you're playing some really nice golf. Mm-hmm. Been on yeah, a nice or- little heater, heater as of late. But I want to go back to the Jicky Jack days. You, you sleeping on the couch and playing the mini tours. What were those days like for you? I mean, Slee's just raves about these these days and how much fun it was. I need to know some good Jicky Jack stories. Yeah, no, it, it, it really was the best. I mean, the, the mini tour stuff was all right. My, my favorite years were up in Canada. The first uh, two years, I really considered myself a pro. Um, and the first year I was up there, it was before the PGA Tour owned the Canadian Tour. Uh, so, I mean, we weren't really playing for anything. And I think they had increased the purses the year before trying to get more people and instead just kind of bankrupted the tour. So it was a completely mean, meaningless year. Um, but just me and a couple of buddies living you know, technically abroad in a different country for the whole summer. I mean, it was just absolute debauchery. Like, I don't think I went to bed before 2 a.m. on a Friday or Saturday the entire summer. Don't know how I made it through. And at that point, I could still play hungover golf. I'm not great at it anymore. I'm old now with kids. And uh, but yeah, I mean, the amount of 65s on Saturday, I, I shot without going to bed and still had the shakes the morning. It was it was crazy. Just stacking Beautiful. loonies and toonies. Just loons and tunes for days oh up there. My God. Did yeah. you ever, we just had Hoagie on and he played a brief stint up there, but did you ever get to experience, I did not, which is disappointing, the strip club hotel up there in Winnipeg. Did you ever maybe There was a your, hotel? No, I did yeah. not. Hotel I, slash I, strip club. I ventured into a few Canadian <laughs> ballets, that's for sure. Uh, but never, no, not in Winnipeg. I think that was... Uh, I don't know how I, how much I'd trust that one. The the coasts are where it's at for sure. Emphasis on the hoe, yeah. Hotel. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. <laughs> gr- no, no, no. You weren't were only a stud golfer. You were a stud basketball player as well. At what age did you realize, like, hey, I want to try to make this golf thing what I want to do for a living, and eventually get to the PGA Tour? I would probably say it wasn't until around my senior year when I really started. Well. Yeah. So the summer before my senior year, I went to basketball camp in Wyoming and sprained the shit out of my ankle, like super bad. Uh, And then I had like three weeks later, I had the Optimus International in Florida and I saw like an ankle brace was limping limping around that place. Totally beware of the sick golfer, like didn't care at all. had no expectations. And I actually ended up backdoor winning because the leaders kind of collapsed coming in. Uh, And that kind of like put me on the map for getting recruited. So that was the first time where I was like, man, you know what? I'm not probably not going to go to the NBA and maybe I'm okay at golf. Maybe I should do something where I'm not going to get hurt and I don't have to play defense. And uh, so, yeah, that, I think that was kind of the moment. And then once I started getting recruited, you know, I I got recruited a a little bit for basketball, um, some D2 and D3 schools and nowhere where I really wanted to go. So that was kind of where it was like, okay, I could probably go to some more fun places with golf. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still wouldn't say I was taking it super seriously then, but that was the point where I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be Steph Curry. It's fine. Yeah. No defense is a nice perk of golf. You said there was like some D2 and three schools recruiting you. Did you ever contemplate, was it ever in your brain to maybe play both? I mean, cause you're good, dude. You were all state. Yeah, definitely to play both, never to go just for basketball. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a few probably Claremont McKenna was the biggest one where I was considering playing both at um, down in LA, but I like life too much to have that much time commitment. So that was a pretty easy decision not to do that. Well, looking at your PGA tour bio, speaking of what you do for a living, it says if you weren't <laughs> playing golf, you would be 
move to Bora Bora and open a tiki bar. Okay, first yeah. off, that's you're definitely one of one on the PGA Tour. If that's what <laughs> they would do if they weren't playing golf. I need to know what the name of this tiki bar would be. Oh man, that's that's a uh, maybe like Hub's Hangout or Hub's Hideaway, something like that. Hub's That'd Hideaway is nice. I like that. Yeah, Why Bora Bora? That's where we went on our honeymoon, and it just is so remote and just it seemed like prehistoric to me just kind of untouched from from the normal world and that's kind of what I want I like to get away when I can so uh it just yeah it was heaven on earth man even though you're a professional golfer I still think you should open a tiki bar somewhere so I can come visit yeah I'm in I'm into that I'm Houston into that. Houston's ripe for a tiki bar dude <laughs> that's not yeah. a capped market down there man the beaches in Galveston are not quite Bora Bora let me tell you <laughs> you could throw you some your- on it you mentioned your honeymoon. We got to talk a little bit about you proposing on the 18th green at Pebble Beach, which one, why? Two, um, I need to know what happened with the ring later that day. Uh, it wasn't later that day, but I will tell that story. Um, okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, the, I think the media answer is because it's a really special place that, you know, we went to school in the Bay Area and it, it really is one of our favorite places on earth, if not our favorite place on earth, just Monterey, Carmel in, gen- in general. Uh, the, probably the more realistic answer is I figured she couldn't say no uh, in that setting. Um, you know, we'd been to, we'd been to like, we've been to like a thousand dinners. I figured I couldn't just do that and I wanted to do something more special, but yeah, I mean, with the ocean there and 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 the crowd on 18 I, I figured no wasn't in the cards so I was a safe bet but yeah the uh the ring story um that was actually two years one year later uh okay I was I playing pretty well and got myself uh into like the third or fourth to last group on Sunday playing with Justin Rose and Bill Haas Uh, so obviously at that point, pretty nervous. Um, and she, uh, might've been celebrating, hang out with her friends a little late at the fire pits. And, uh, I'm like dead asleep at about one, two in the morning. And, uh, she stumbles in and is like searching for stuff. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are you doing? She's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, wouldn't tell me because it was so sad. Long story short, she had left it in the bathroom at the inn at Spanish Bay. Wow. Oh, and boy. someone turned someone turned it in that's how you know you're at a nice place someone turns in that is incredible yeah. so i was on it wow joel damon put me on a text with your wife and your brother and joel brought up that story and she goes wait a second i thought we were roasted mark not me <laughs> <laughs> we're a package deal now i love uh, it that's great you got some good ones hubs i was on a uh, i was talking to your former caddy johan johan benson mm. the, the canadian sorry, legend. sorry for you yeah. He gave me, I was like, dude, all right, we only got like an hour show more or less. Like we got, I don't know how many of these we can get in. We might have to run this thing back because there's so many good ones. But you talked about playing in Canada for a while, which I mean, that's one of the most fun times you can have playing golf. There's no money up there, but then you graduate, you get your corn Ferry card in 2014 and then you get your PJ tour card just one year after that. I know that's everyone's goal out there is to quickly graduate to the PJ tour, but did that kind of climb up the pro golf ranks happen faster than you expected even? Oh, way faster than I expected. And, and honestly, probably faster than I was ready for. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've always been really consistent and, um, that was great when I first got out there because there was a little more points and money kind of in the middle now, now they've kind of dispersed it to the top and bottom, rightfully so, because 
you know, no one really cares about the guy finishing 30th unless you're doing your fantasy sports betting and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think when I first got out there, you know, I was, I was good enough to be there, but I wasn't ready to compete. Uh, I wasn't ready to win or be in contention. You know, I was just kind of happy to be there. Um, and so, yeah, it, it happened fast and, you know, eventually I got knocked back down. I, you know, I think my rookie year, I made like 21 of 27 cuts, but I finished like 30, 40th every week and finished like, you know, 156 or something like that. Um, ended up getting my card back through that, the, the corn fair web.com at the time, uh, those four, that four tournament series. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't trade the way it happened, but definitely like when I lost my card in, in 18, I had to go back to the, the corn fairy for two years. The, now, now that I'm back up on tour, you know, I feel much more prepared and ready than I was when I initially got it. You do make a, I was looking at your numbers. You make a shit ton of cuts. Like it's yeah. crazy. I was like, my God, how's this guy ever lost his card? I mean, he misses like five cuts a year. It's really good. It's good for your pension. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm a good scrambler. Um, you know, I'm always up there in scrambling. So I make a lot of pars. Um, uh, and when I, you know, when I get hot and I avoid the bogeys, um, that's when I have the weeks, like I have the last couple of weeks, but I mean, you know, a lot of my career, I've been making, you know, six birdies, six bogeys, six pars, and uh, just kind of scrambling my way around. So when I can avoid the bogeys, that's when it's good. And that's what I've gotten better at. Well, you've been on a little bit of a heater as of late, you're coming off a third and a fourth. What do you think you need to improve to, you know, cross the finish line and get that first win? Ah, <sighs> man, it's tough. Um, you know, those last two weeks, I, I definitely feel like I could have, I could have pulled one out. You know, I was coming from behind. Uh, I would say just from a statistical standpoint, Saturdays have been killing me when I'm in contention. It's my highest scoring average out of the three rounds. And I'm not quite sure why that is. I don't know if I'm just pressing too hard that day, trying to make a move or what. Um, so I think I need to figure that out, um, from a game basis. Uh, you know, for me, the recipe is pretty simple. I always punch it pretty good irons have been great uh and then you know the driver i'm not as as you can appreciate i'm not long and it sucks being short and crooked so i gotta hit it straight um i gotta be confident with that driver and hit a lot of fairways i think a couple of years back i did a, i did some stuff with a stats guy and i was fourth worst on tour out of the rough um and you know that's not necessarily because i'm making bad decisions or whatever it's because i've got five and six iron out of the rough instead of eight and nine so i have to hit fairways I mean, you're getting close. You just had a third at the Barracuda, but I mean, you started playing this season out of the 126 to 150 category, but you've gotten a ton of starts, dude. Or are you surprised by how many starts you've gotten? And is part of that is part of that because some of these guys that have gone to the live out yep. of, and now Thank all of a you sudden live you're moving ball. up. Yeah. It's been a little, it's been a good thing for you, hadn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I got off to a good start in the fall. Um, I played well in Napa. I don't know how I got into that because like, I don't know why people don't just, rush to that tournament to go drink wine and who cares what they shoot but uh, I somehow got into that and played well and then I, I was lucky enough to get a sponsor invite into Vegas so getting that uh, you know good start in the fall was nice it bumped me up to the top of my category because I think I was like eight or ninth to start the year so that definitely got me a few more events like that got me into Honda which I also played well there so I definitely did some work on my end to to you know improve getting those starts but yeah the lift golf thing especially on the back end has been super helpful. Um, you know, not just for getting starts, but, you know, hopefully for moving up, there's still a lot, there's still four or five guys who are over there right now who are ahead of me on the FedEx cup. So, you know, I could be sitting at 70, 
75 or 76 instead of 80 right now. I have no idea. Um, so did, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been good in that regard. Did you make it to the right golf course in Vegas this year? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. That How the hell did that happen? <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. Uh, I just, I woke up and I just started, I typed into my maps and I just started driving and I didn't think anything of it. Luckily it's, you know, right across the street. It's not like I was a half hour away or something, but yeah, it was embarrassing. I called Johan. I'm like, is it TBC Las Vegas? He's like, Mark, do you see any trailers, any scoreboards, no anyone from the, I'm like, no, <laughs> you're probably not. No one's right here, guys. This is weird. That, that wasn't as bad as the time I played the wrong courses uh, in my practice rounds at Palm Springs. Oh, as yeah. my, my, maybe, my rookie. Maybe we save that. Uh, we may be getting okay. to that. Uh, hold that because that's, that's okay. legendary. That's, that's okay. all time. We showed up at the wrong one in Vegas where you're like, damn, the, the fans in Vegas suck. Well, that's no, why I walked no up there like, for golf. Dude, what is going on? Like, I would have assumed this would have been because it was my rookie. It was probably my third tournament. So I didn't fully know. And I'm like, man, I thought the Rockies would be a lot rockier. <laughs> 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 I thought oh, the God. stands would be a lot bigger out here, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, I heard you got, a, got another good story that just happened recently. So I'm going to bring this up right now. But you got a new staff bag. I believe right before the travelers where you got in because Brooks Kepka staying on the live, he got in because he left for the live and it came with no nameplate on it. And you were about to write on there, not Brooks Kepka or Brooks was here or something like that on there. Did you end up doing that? No, I didn't, but we just yesterday ordered, uh, I found some like, um, what do you call it? Like dry erase, but it's like paper that you can stick on for, it's supposed to be for like kids. You can stick onto a wall so they can color, but I'm going to cut out and paste that in the front of my bag. So each day I can write something different. Cause I still that, I mean, honestly, that was my favorite part about the last couple of weeks playing well without my name on the bag. There were so many times, you know, pro am I'd hit a shot yeah. and people would be like, well, that's why you got your name on the end. I'd point and be like, no, I don't like <laughs> no, no, <I'm> nobody. <laughs> no, I'm a nobody. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't write that yet. I didn't have the balls, unfortunately, but it's coming. I'll have I'll have a new new something on there every every week going down the playoffs. So yes. I like this. Then you could you Love could that. also go like week to week with sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's I was thinking about starting that way, just putting your ad here with my phone number and see what pops up. But don't put your phone number on. <laughs> that's there. a great that's a great idea. I'll put my agents. I'll let I'll let there you go. That's better. It, but yeah, put that yeah, phone number like that, out there. That year in Hawaii, <laughs> Will McKenzie said his room number at the four seasons or Ritz Carlton there at the tournament of it champions about set, right. it on, set it on air in an interview and people just started showing up and calling his room <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing uh, yeah, you mentioned right. you mentioned the live tour I want to get I want to get your take on it we haven't we haven't asked too many current PGA tour players their opinion of what's going on right now <sighs> yeah man I mean it's tough like I I can't blame anybody for going somewhere for 125 million but I I I don't think it's the best thing for golf. Um, and, and honestly, I would say my opinion has changed because there was lots of stuff, you know, that I was annoyed with the PJ tour and, you know, I was in this position and in my mindset before I really thought about it, like, Oh, competition's good and stuff like that, but it's not really competition because we can't compete with, you know, some foreign dictator who has billions and billions and billions of dollars Like we can't compete. And if anything, I think it's just diluting stuff and, and it's, you know, it's happening, with this facade of oh we're growing the game and we're doing all this stuff even the interviews from the players is is complete bullshit in my opinion oh we want to spend more time it's like well if that's the case then why are you still trying to play the pga tour because you're going to play 14 15 events with them and then you want to play another 10 
now you're playing the same exact amount. So that's just say you went over there for the money. Um, and you know, all the stuff about growing the game is like the PJ tour does a lot of things poorly. They do a great job of growing the game. I mean, we have three international tours, developmental tours with Canada, China, and Latin America, you know, every community we go into, we crush it with charity. You know, we, we do more for charity than the other three or four major sports combined. Um, and, you know, we're involved, you know, I was out at John Deere, I, I, I did the Rich Eisen show and he was asking me the same thing about growing the game. I'm like, I've seen probably a thousand kids out here from the first tee and from all these different programs. Like there's no way that tour, there's no way that, you know, 50 or whatever, 50 super rich guys playing a 54 hole event, you know, is growing the game. Like there are people who have already made their money They're at the end of their career. Like that's not growing the game the tour already does a great job. So, um, you know, it's tough. I, I, I think the, you know, the team golf stuff is, is a cool idea. Like a lot of it is cool, but like in terms of the big picture, what's best for the overall game of golf, like I'm pretty nervous about the future. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that. Did you see the latest thing that came out about the team situation? No. What did they? So each team captain is going to own 25% of the team. So they're allowed to bring in sponsors and all this. And apparently Adidas is reportedly trying to buy a team for a billion dollars. Yeah. Let's just say I, that's I Dustin Johnson. That. Dustin Johnson's going to get 250 million off this deal. I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty most- crazy. That's nice. Oh. That's a nice deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, and yeah. How, like, how do we compete with that? You, you don't, it's just ridiculous. It's not even, on top of what he got for going over there, I mean, it's yeah. like that's. I mean, it's like just Dustin at this Johnson's point, gonna like, be worth five hundred million pretty soon. Like, fuck. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna be getting to a billion quicker than Tiger got to. I mean, it's unbelievable. Hubs, Colt, and I. We do a radio show. We do this podcast. We're we're constantly talking about live right. The rumors, who's going, who might not be going. What does this mean for the PJ Tour? All that stuff. How big of a conversation topic is it amongst players out on tour? Like, are you guys standing on the range talking about this stuff, or do people just put it behind them? No, we're not amongst ourselves talking about it a ton. It's more just like it's constantly being brought up by outside forces. So we're kind of just like rumblings and stuff like that. I mean, anytime someone defects, let's say, or whatever, um, you know, there might be some talk in like the gym that morning, but I think all of us are pretty tired of it. Um, And I think the people who have stayed and want to stay are of the mindset that, you know, any press is good press. So the more we keep talking about it, the more the media keeps bringing it up and stuff like that, the more, you know, press that they get, the bigger it gets. So, I mean, if anything, we just want to play golf and stop talking about it. Um, Obviously we realize that's unrealistic, but yeah, I I think when we get a chance not to talk about it, we take it. No doubt about it. Let's 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 go back to the PGA Tour. You're you're a very social guy. You like to have a good time. Who is Mark Hubbard's like? Who who would be the perfect group for a practice round for Mark Hubbard? Uh, Joel's in there, but not my teammate because we're just <laughs> too much of dumb and dumber together. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had I've I've had some good good games with Wyndham and Max. Um, so yeah, I think I think the perfect that would be a good good foursome right there uh get to you know max and Wyndham are great guys but they can be super competitive and and very serious so uh they'll have to deal with one of us each and and we'll go from there that'd be a good who, good match who can, can drink get ellis who can 
Yeah, you get Ellis in there as well. Who can yeah, drink exactly. more White Claws, you or Joel Damon? Oh, definitely Joel. It's not even close. I'm not a big seltzer guy. Uh, I think I think pure volume, Joel can outdrink me in terms of uh, you know blood alcohol content. I don't know. I think we're pretty even. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a close awesome. battle. All right, he asked you who you want to play a practice run with. Let's say in the rare occasion, because you don't have a lot of these, you miss a cut on a Friday. You're gonna go out that night and on the town, have a good time. Who would you like there with you? Yeah, I mean, definitely Joel. Um, I think my favorite nights missing the cut have been with Joel and, and a guy who's hopefully going to get his cut card back this year, uh, Brandon Harkins. Uh, he's playing on the Corn Ferry Tory one in the Bahamas. We've had some pretty epic, uh, not necessarily miss the cut, but <laughs> Friday nights uh, and Saturday nights leading in. We had one uh, house in Boise during the playoffs where we had like about a seven and a half foot basketball hoop. Uh, in our backyard and, and stumbled home from the bars and, and played uh, a bunch of different games, dunking on each other. I mean, I, it's amazing. None of us blew out a knee that night. Uh, so, yeah, I think those three would be be my top. Yeah, a lot of good decisions stuff. made in that group. Normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it? I got to ask you about some of your times at Conroe Country Club. I promised I would do this. Give me, give me a good Conroe Country Club story. Oh, man. There's... A lot of, I mean, I would say my favorite, I don't know if it's necessarily one story, but just the fact that everyone is just driving their carts around. I mean, we play, it's just kind of a little neighborhood and there's there's a care, there's a Mexican restaurant that turns into a karaoke bar on Friday night. So, you know, you'll play the money game and then there's, you go over there and there's 35 golf carts in this, you know, just normal Mexican restaurant parking lot. And then not too far away from that, I guess it's a Mexican theme, there's a Taco Bell. So probably my best story would be driving through that Taco Bell at about 2.30 in the morning. And somehow I was the soberest, which never happens, but still should not have been driving that golf cart. Uh, I've got my, one of my buddies passed out in, in the passenger sheet. I'm driving through. And then uh, my wife and uh, one of my friend's ex-wives now is in the cart in front of us. And they're like, black to the moon uh driving through and so they get through and pull around and a cop pulls up behind me and i'm like okay here we go and Have we get, get a DUI and drive around <laughs> yeah can you get a duty in a golf cart absolutely yeah i mean really? not mention, we're driving not, i don't know if it's yeah, street label like, can you get one on a bike i don't know i think yeah bui i don't know okay but yeah so no it's just we we pull around now there's like three cops there Somehow I convinced them. They pull up to me with a flashlight and they're like, hey, have you been drinking? And I'm like, no, these guys are all really drunk. I'm just trying to get them some food and go home. And they like shine the light in my eyes and I'm like, oh, I'm failed. And they're like, okay, great, thanks. And like somehow like my pupils passed their tests. I have like 87 Coronas later. I don't know how. Uh, and so then I became like best friends with them and was like the cops liaison and like escorting them home at like three in the morning, golf carts, Taco Bell run just wow, that's fantastic great it's always good to make there. friends with the cops yes yeah great great yeah. cops up there yeah. all right We're you like, seem like a trustworthy guy mr 2 30 yeah. in the morning golf cart driver so, yeah so we he we're, he's gonna let us go and and he looks at me and he's like you know i should be taking them to jail right and i'm like i know but like i promise their house is right there and he's like okay just get home safe and so jory like revs her cart up on the curb and like almost tips it as she's going out i'm just like jesus jesus <laughs> <How is this? laughs> 
Oh, we're fine great. yeah everything's fine nobody we're fine. don't worry about this uh all right, i got a real golf question for you this, you're a good guy to ask this because colt and i have discussed this numerous times it's about putting and you're an incredible putter always have been your short game is awesome as well but your putter you've always been really good do you think good putters are born or can good putters be created because like you've been great for forever as long as i've known you is that because you just worked harder at putting than everyone else or do you just have something inside you like shooting, shooting a basketball? People work at shooting, but they never shoot like Steph. Do you think yeah, good yeah. putters can be created or are you just are good putters just born with something? I think created is probably the wrong word. Um, I think you definitely need just some natural feel and touch. I think I think I'm a really good green reader. I grew up on crazy, crazy greens in the mountains in Colorado. And so I'm just awesome. Like I honestly rather have a putt that breaks, you know, a cup than a dead straight putt. Um, just cause I really see like kind of the fall line and the apex of the, of, of the break. Um, so, and that's why I've always been a good lag putter. Um, and so I, I think inherently just like my green reading and my feel like is what makes me a good putter. Um, so I, I definitely think you need some of that. I think you can work your way into being a good putter. I don't think you can create a good putter. So I think, it, it, you know, if you're not a good putter, and you go to someone and you're just like, all right, tell me, make my stroke and tell me what to do. I don't think you could ever be a great putter that way. I think you could be an efficient putter and good enough to win, but you're never going to be a great putter because I think at the end of the day, like putting is so unique to each person. Uh, it's so individual and it's so much confidence based. And if it's not your stroke and your feel and you're doing just what something else, somebody else told you to do, that's going to break down under pressure. Um, I think, you know, confidence comes from just like knowing what you're doing and, and having it really be uniquely your own. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think created is probably the wrong word. I think, you know, if, if you naturally have some feel, you can just work really hard, uh, and perfect what you do into being a great putter. I like it very, very well said. Well, please, I think we got to get to the E9 because I think these could go a little long. So we might as well just get right to the fun stuff. Okay, far, far all right, away. All right. You all right, we, asked this to, we asked this to everyone, Hubs. You can be anyone for a day, dead or alive. You get to be them. Who's it going to be? Ooh, just for a day? Just for a day. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, I'd probably be my daughter. Her life is so cush. I mean, <laughs> like, she just, she just, you know, she sleeps like 12 hours. She gets fed. She gets to travel to all these cool places, play with her friends. Like she's just the happiest little kid. All that's like, if I was that happy on a golf course, I would be so much better at golf. Like I get so grown. She's just happy all the time. Just running around always a smile. I mean, her life is the best. I think, you know, any little kid, just no cares in the world. I would love to see the world through, through her eyes and just see why she's so freaking happy and positive all the time, man. Harlow's got Harlow's got it going on. Yeah, she's dude. She's the best little kid. I, I, it's great. I mean, shit. I got Baby Yoda back here, so there you go. Yeah, I was wondering what the hell um, that was, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the thick of it right now. But yeah, man, I, some, some perspective of a, of a 15 month old would be, I think, pretty useful on the golf course. Well, I like that. First time we've ever had somebody pick one of their own children. So yes, you're, you're groundbreaking stuff here. All right, Hubs. First one from me. How is how would you say your career track record is with not losing courtesy cars? <laughs> Just ballpark I mean, track record. What what's the bar? Because if it's 
if the just average not losing is, them. if the average is is yeah, one, not then I'm average. <laughs> I'd say not losing it is like a is a is a tally in the good column, and then losing it would go in the bad. I would be in the bad then. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I might have misplaced mine in Sea Island uh, around 15 or 16. I don't I don't remember what year it was, but yeah, I woke up in my hotel room after a night and uh, God, what's what's the Mexican? It's like all wood. What's the bar? Bubba there? Garcia's. Bubba Garcia's. Yeah, at Bubba Garcia's till some ungodly hour. And I mean, good on me. I didn't drive home. Thank yes. you very much. Yes, tip of the cap. Yep. Uh, I don't know how I got home, but I know I didn't drive. Uh, and then, yeah, I woke up the next day and had no idea where, where my car was. So uh, had to get Johan to go find it for me. Uh, I think he was already at the course waiting for me. And he had to drive back and go drive around Sea Island until he found my car. That's awesome. I, I actually <laughs> lost one of mine one time, too. So you're not alone there. It happens. Yeah, That's a story go. for another day, though. Um, <laughs> well, we can kind of stay on that same same topic have you ever been denied access into a golf pj tour golf tournament even though you had your credentials yes uh at zurich i <laughs> tried to get into the parking lot with my now uh owned by my little brother honda crv 2000 2000 piece of shit i don't know what year uh and yeah didn't didn't had my credentials but no parking pass and obviously no sticker that said zurich classic on it and yeah the cop cop would not let me in i had to that go valet awesome. with the other people sorry other sorry, your car is a piece of shit yeah you what know, do you say there's here. no way you're actually playing in this thing with that car <laughs> yeah i think he I, honestly even without that car i get caddy a lot like i'll pull, pull up to play a registration looking like this and they're like oh caddy registration is and i'm like great i'll let my caddy know you guys <laughs> We have more in common than I thought, Hubs. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the same stuff happened to me. Come on. Uh, That's great. Uh, great. I'll let my caddy know. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Here we go. All right. After all your years on tour now, have you finally, we're going to get you, you teased this a little bit earlier. Have you finally figured out the correct rotation for Palm Springs? And I need to hear the full, the full deal on this. I, the, in my defense, if it was a couple years later, I would have played the correct courses. So. You're ahead no, of your time. And, uh, I was ahead of my time. I was just scouting for the upcoming years. Yeah, I did uh, my off season. I was down in Palm Springs with my family and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll play the courses, you know, ahead of time. So I, you know, I don't have to grind as much during the week for the Desert Classic. And so I went and I played uh, the stadium course and the Nicholas uh Nicholas tournament and uh that year the tournament was held on the Nicholas private and the Palmer private and so I got to the first tee and was like uh Johan where do I hit this and he's like what are you talking about you played these courses like two or three times over winter break and I was like yeah no I didn't play these courses yeah, probably. <laughs> not, not these awesome. ones per se <laughs> I played PGA West guys yeah <laughs> is there for multiple weeks and then play the right one it's okay yeah that yeah, was like your third was so event much. on tour, second event, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Not, not awesome. a good start. Good not start. a good start. Good start. You went to the wrong course in Vegas, played the wrong courses in Palm Springs. No big deal, guys. It happens it's, to the best of us. I cannot trickier. believe I cannot believe I didn't finish in the 125 that year. It's incredible. <laughs> that is that's the upset of the millennium. <laughs> By the way, those courses that you didn't play, the ones that you the Bob Hope used to be on were so much better than the ones now. So much better. They were God. so great. 
the, I the final couple holes. Uh, yeah, that, that year I, I actually played really well and I got to play with Phil on Sunday. Uh, and that little par three, first of all, I was kicking his ass in the front nine and he was like talking stock tips with bones, just like in another fairway where he snap hooked it to like, didn't you give a shit at all. Probably a good thing just, you yeah. didn't <laughs> yeah. pick up on that. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't go to his fairway. I was in, I was in the correct one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was just like, you know, talking as he's walking the ball, didn't give a shit at all. But then like, I was like three or four up on him, you know, we were probably in like 20th place. And then like, as soon as like 13, 14 hit, just like complete switch, like just started making birdies from everywhere. And so we were tied on 17, that little par three, and he flares it into the rocks, hits the rocks, kicks across into that like man-made river, gets a drop on the green because it's Phil and because the river is right there and makes the like 35 footer for par in the most Phil fashion ever. I had hit it to like four feet above the hole for birdie. And I might as well have been a standard standard bear. Like no, there was, you know, probably 10,000 people around the green just cheering. No one stopped cheering at all. Like I was ready to get hit with a beer can while I was putting. Like they did not care about my putt at all. That was a definite like welcome to the tour moment. But yeah, those, that final stretch, that part three, and then the the part five, you know, so with the water good. all down the left. Oh man, that was the best. That is. Um, I got to ask you about a round in college where you at one point had a mascot you carried around. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need because I'm I'm so confused by this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I um, well, it was actually it was actually very um. I don't know what the word would be, but I, I started my that my freshman year with an 89 and I ended my freshman year with an 89. So it was like perfect close to a great season. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we were playing conference championships and it was blowing pretty hard and I was not playing well. Uh, and like I said, I ended up with 89, but I got to about 12 or 13 and was on the verge of a mental breakdown. And there's a little turtle crossing the fairway and I needed a friend, so I picked him up and carried <laughs> carried him for the last five holes. Your carried mental coach, me. the turtle. <laughs> carry him like a football and then put him down, hit my shot, carry him like a football. And he just hung out with me the last the last five holes of conference that championships. Awesome. No big deal. Did you name him? What'd you name him? I, I did not. No, I, I couldn't even turtle. think at that just point. Stay right there. I'll be right back. I got to hit the shot. Real <laughs> yeah, quick. I was probably just calling him Mr. Turtle. Yeah, that is great. Uh, only mm -hmm. hubs. I Max Holman told me that, and I go, but why? And he goes, because he's hubs. Well, I mean, that's because he's, <laughs> he's, he's hubs. Because he's the uh, he's the man. Uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. That's, that's so what funny. it is. All right, I got one here. Oh. Uh, give me this. I've been told you'll know what I'm talking about here. I don't even know. I said, don't tell me the story. I'd rather hear it from hubs. But I'm. What is the most clothes you've ever worn to the airport? <laughs> I didn't. I, <laughs> I didn't wear them to the airport, but uh, yeah, in college, me and my buddy Roscoe, we shared a we shared the master bedroom of this house. Like, we just had mattresses on the floor. You know, it was a very like seven guys in a four bedroom house sort of situation. Uh, and we were leaving for Hawaii the next day, and uh, our coach was picking up the house because four or five going there. And we, of course, instead of doing the responsible thing, packing and going to bed early, we were out at the bars till, you know, two or 3 a.m., stumbled home. Don't really remember. Uh, but Jay, another kid on our team, came to wake us up that morning. Roscoe and his girlfriend were butt-ass naked on the floor next to their bed, not packed at all. 
and I was wearing every single piece of clothing that we were supposed to bring on the trip. So three <laughs> pairs of shorts, three pants, three shirts, two sweaters and a jacket and tucked into my bed. So I had technically packed just on my body, but just packed on my body. Yeah. 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 yeah Are you checking touch. any bags, sir? Nope. Got everything. Nope, right. I am me. good. Just my clubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, we were awesome. supposed, to, supposed to leave at like 8.15 or something like that. And Jay rolled in at eight o'clock and saw us like that. And they just left us and we had to frantically pack and catch an Uber to the Oakland airport. So that was, yeah. Not one of my better. That's moments. a good move. Like yeah, getting me for that fifty dollars bag fee, bitch. I'm wearing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, in the state I was in, and to not remember that, it's pretty impressive that I was able to have the dexterity to get all those clothes on. Yeah, that's impressive. Awesome. I like that. Who needs a suitcase? <laughs> all right, next one. Um, there's, I would say, there's only two players ever that have used these putting grips. You with the snail, and Matt Kuchar with the trail arm arm lock which is the craziest thing i've ever seen yeah, I don't know how he does that. which grip of those two do you think we'll see another pj tour player use because the snail it rolled it's solid yeah i mean the stinky I, yeah pinky the stinky pinky yeah. how did you come I mean, up I, with this too i would i would honestly say it would probably be the snail because i just physically don't know how you arm lock the trailing arm it makes no sense it's insane I played uh, with him in Scotland a couple weeks ago in the Pro-Am and I grabbed it. I'm like, dude, I can't even like get comfortable with this thing. Like, like physically, I don't, like my body doesn't get into yeah, the position my arm that I need go. it to like, like, yeah. How did you uh, come up with the snail? It was, yeah, college thing. Just, you know, we were a pretty good team, but we were probably the most unfocused team on planet earth. I mean, you know, we were the team like throwing the football on the range instead of warming up for the tournament and, you know, practicing you know, shanks and tops on it, which I'm an amazing topper of the golf ball uh, because of that. But yeah, just one day around the putting green, we're probably supposed to be making 25 four footers in a row or something. Instead, we were perfecting random grips and and yeah, someone came up with that. I'm not really sure who, I, I can't take all the credit. It was definitely my teammates, not me, but. I, I like how you get uh, into it. Like, give me the, yeah. give, show me the arm motion. Yeah, you got the little. It's, yeah. It's, well, it's all, it's all, it's all about the shimmy, like from major league, like you really got to work it. Yes, but yeah, you just yes. kind of come over the top. It's like a windmill down into it. It's pretty, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like everything. It's all about the presentation. The all pageantry, the pageantry. You brought the up the no, you, yeah, the pageantry. You brought out the no look, by the way, in DC earlier this year. Is that, could that make another, another, uh, oh, the no, yeah, start? the no look will definitely, definitely make another look, uh, for sure. Yeah. We, me and Bryce Garnett were not playing well. Uh, so we made a thousand dollar bet on the last hole for a hole in one thought I made mine left it short. Cause it was 40 degrees out and miserable. Uh, and then he, and then we were tied on the day and he, he made par. So I figured I had to no look for the birdie for the win. Of course. But that's awesome. Left, left it short. Like a loser. See, at least when you're playing shitty, you're having fun out there. Yeah. I mean, golf, what are you is, gonna so, do? golf is so freaking hard. It's so frustrating. Like, there's just no point in banging your head against the same tree. And honestly, that's why I'm playing well nowadays is I'm just better at letting things go. Um, you know, back in 16 and 17, like 17 and 18, especially when I had to go back to the corn ferry, like I was so miserable on the golf course and I just got to a point where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So yeah, if, if I'm playing bad now, like I'm probably pretty pissed at first, but I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to work on stuff and I'm going to enjoy my life still. Yeah, it's working. Has anyone from the tour ever said anything after either the stinky pinky, the snail, or the no look? Do they ever come up to you and be like, hey, that's that's not a good look? Or do they not say anything? 
No, they haven't. I mean, I the first time I ever did the the snail or the stinky pinky was on the corn fairy tour in San Antonio. I had like a five footer on the last hole, also gonna miss the cut. And I did it right in front of Jordan, who's one of our new rules official, super cool guy. And I asked him, I was like, is this street legal? Obviously, I didn't ask him before because it didn't, <laughs> it didn't matter. But uh, but yeah, he he confirmed, and I've had a couple of them confirmed since then. So I mean, I figured you know much like the Joel and Harry taking off their shirts and stuff like that. Like they got so much good, good press for it um, that, you know, I figured they couldn't be mad at me. So no, no, can't be mad at hubs. There was somebody at home Googling the rules of golf and seeing if that was legal. The moment you did it, just dying to call in and being like, that's not legal. Yeah. Some fat guy in his underwear on his couch watching for sure called in, which (laughs) dude, I, like I have a problem with that, but more I just like I'm so confused. Like if I was watching 3M right now and someone did something, I'm on the PJ tour. I have everybody's number from the PJ tour. Like I don't even know who I'd call to get like <laughs> that, the rules yeah. line. Like who yeah. has the bat phone number? Like how do I've you always said that I'm like, who the exactly. hell do these guys call? Yeah, no. who do you call? Like yeah, I who's do the, I call Pazder? He wouldn't take my call for sure, anyways. So that's not happening. And then like what rules official is picking up their phone, a random number. You're like hello this is you know and they're like yeah i'm gary from wichita and i just saw this his ball move in the rough like what came off happening? the tour doug yeah like, oh it you makes did no sense speaking of ball move you did have the tweet of the year a couple of years ago when oh, um, yeah. john rom's ball apparently oh. moved a millimeter at memorial when he hold that incredible chip shot and you said i'll tell you what moved the tip of my junk when he hold it from there <laughs> it's all time yeah well it it was it was true i mean that shot was incredible and it isn't that just like a perfect summation of our society right now like the most incredible chip ever like rivals tiger shot on 16 there like just absolutely dead no chance most guys are hitting it to 20 feet and the guy makes it and of course instead of being like that's incredible like what a shot they're like yeah he he cheated but you can't see it yeah the, the player can't see it with his eye, but if we zoom in on it with the most ridiculous yeah. HD camera ever, we might see it move a hair and where everybody's going to freak the fuck out. Yeah. We still I couldn't mean, tell. After all the zoom yeah. in and slow motion shit, it was still like 50 50. It's like, all right, dude, it's yeah. fair to say, like, it's fine. Let's keep it moving. I mean, that was, yeah. that was unbelievable. My favorite was he won by like five and they finished. And they're like, by the way, yeah, we got to add a stroke to you for your ball. Yeah, like, dude, what four, does it matter? Yeah. Like, add four, yeah. add four, yeah. and then direct cool. deposit me. Yeah. 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 yeah a good chip right. in can cause a little flow you can get cause some good blood flow that's one way to fire fire up the <laughs> system so i get it uh all right here's my last one from you i was gonna ask you a drinking question but i feel like we've covered drinking uh pretty well here i'm uh, good at ask, it if that was I'm, your question i'm not finished yet actually well then i may have a bonus ball then i may have a bonus ball at we the can end play here. like 12 yeah we can play yeah we can play an e12 uh because you're a great skier you grew up skiing you're an incredible skier i want to know what's the softer thing to come out of colorado a nice coat of six inch powder on the ski slopes in the early morning or Wyndham Clark. <laughs> I mean, damn, please. That's my son, dude. That's my son. This is all part of the plan. We got to toughen the kid up, dude. I'm sorry. Tough love. Your dad ever say something mean to you? Sometimes it's got to be done. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out of that one. Just say Wyndham like... and we'll cut it and we'll put it all over the social media. <laughs> that, seems like, that seems like a family problem for you guys. I don't want to stay out of your family issues. Oh, uh, it's my son. I love him to death. Just trying to toughen the kid up a little bit. How yeah, good of a, see- all right, I'll give you a real question. How good of a skier were you though? Because I've been told that you were like legit, maybe like you could have pursued that possibly and call it, go to Colorado and be on the freestyle team or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did. Yeah, I did some JOs growing up and and raced a little bit. Um, I've always been more of like a backcountry guy than like going to the park and doing tricks and stuff like that. But I was decently fast. I mean, the thing about skiing versus like other sports, um, really, I mean, really all Olympic sports is, you know, pretty early whether you are good enough or not, because you peak at like, you know, 15 to 18 rather than, you know, golf, you can peak at, you know, 35, like you have no idea. So uh, so that was pretty, pretty early on. I knew that wasn't in the cards for me, but yeah, I've always been a good skier. I mean, I think, I think honestly, until probably 2019, I would have told you I was a better skier than golfer. Uh, I think I'm probably now definitely gotten better at golf, but uh, I can still hang out there. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with the golf. You, it's harder to get hurt in that sport. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. Ski, I, still, I still, I still go probably more than my sponsors would like, but is what it is. What I took from that answer was the answer is Wyndham. So that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. All right. My, okay. my last one. Last one here. Worst injury you ever suffered playing beer pong? No. Oh, my God. Dude, how did who? Dude, I, I'm friends with a bunch of snitches. <laughs> yeah, you are. They got some loose loose lips in your camp, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, I... I made a shot. This is actually the first time I ever hung out with Amanda. I think maybe ever met Amanda because I wasn't good enough to get interviewed at that point in my career. Amanda uh, Balionis Renner. Just yeah. People out there that... Yeah, I'm wearing her shirt right now, actually. Oh, wow. It. Yeah, shout out. Puppies and golf. Yes, puppies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we were staying at, uh, this was during the COVID year, so they did two back-to-back -back tournaments at Memorial. Uh, so me, Max, Homa, Joel, and... I think someone else I don't remember uh stayed in the same house for two weeks which was just absolute debauchery um and so kind of like the two night stretch in between the two tournaments we sent it pretty hard and we were playing beer pong and I'm actually a really good beer pong player made made a shot to win the game started jumping up and down and fell backwards into the fireplace into this like glass vase <laughs> and broke it no big deal like I was upset that like I broke it I felt bad whatever I didn't think anything of it like 30 minutes go by we're sitting on the couch and I get up and there's just like a puddle of blood where I was sitting and Amanda's like what happened we look and I like had a piece of glass like in my back like stuck kind of like in the fatty part there like my love handle and it was totally like I don't know if you guys have seen 21 Jump Street when he gets stabbed with the knife yeah it's like when did I get stabbed awesome it was exactly like that so we I just, heard like, the couch the... was red red luckily yeah luckily, <laughs> luckily it was red yeah uh, only helps yeah, you get so, hurt playing beer uh, and he just <laughs> shook it off dude he's got a shard of glass coming out of his back he doesn't even care yeah it was so Let me i was that's I have toughness this. it was uh it was like this lululemon black long sleeve shirt and like i had totally forgotten about it and it was travelers this year i was where i like wore it out to dinner and i just kind of like scratched my back and i felt this like big hole in my shirt and i'm like when did this shirt get a hole? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, when so I almost I'll died. You, I'll tell you how this came about. So I was on the text with your your friends, and right. I was, we, were, we were going over stories, and all of a sudden, I believe your wife said, well, there's the Columbus story. And all of a sudden, it went with, your brother said, oh, my God, yes. Joel's like, yes, tell that one. And I was like, what is this Columbus story? And there it is. Yeah. We almost well, lost him. Since, since my wife threw me under the bus, I'll, I'll let you guys know that she, uh, that was also her first time meeting Amanda. And she was sober uh, at the time because of our, of our daughter. But so she went on a beer run and immediately crashed Amanda's uh, rental car in the parking lot, completely sober, getting beer. So Perfect. there you go. 
Yeah, like just throw back under the yes. bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh awesome. my god. Please, do you want to throw your bonus one out there? Um, this is my bonus ball. I was gonna ask you. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious about this actually because we've we've covered your your man that's not afraid of a drink. Your partner at the Zurich, Joel Damon, not afraid of a drink as well. If the if the format of that tournament was a beer per hole per team, what other team do you think would have the best chance of beating you? Ooh. Um, the thinker. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think probably the Aussies. Uh, I think Cam and Leishman. Um, I haven't, I haven't drank with Cam much. I've had a few with Leishman uh, at some charity events, um, but just you know, it's it's in their blood. The Aussies and they're super good at golf, so I think it would be pretty tough to take them down. I think that would probably be the team to beat. Could be a nice the only team that, to the format. Yeah, it would be a great. That'd be very entertaining, and they'd be the only team that can win sober or drunk. Be great. Yep. Exactly. Well, Hubs, man, this has been awesome. We really appreciate you taking the time and joining us. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, no worries. The best. We will do this again in studio when you move to Scotland. In studio. Yes. Absolutely. Very soon. Keep up the great yeah. play, dude. Fun to watch. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Great to see you. You got, you got it, man. All right. Well, that was the homeless Hubs. Mark Hubbard joining us on Golf Subpar. What a beauty he is. He's one of those guys, Sleaze, I feel like he comes on our show and you might not know a lot about him, but then you listen to him and all of a sudden you become a huge fan because he's a beauty. Oh, I think if, if you're not familiar with, with Homeless and his story, there's no way not to like him. I remember the first time I ran into him at a uh, Jiggy Jack event and uh, I was playing with John Ellis. And I think Ellis, if I'm not mistaken, is the one that gave him the name Homeless at the time. But he showed up to the putting green. He had a putting grip. He had an old school blade, looked like Calamity Jane. The grip was unraveling. It dangled off his grip as he was putting. The shirt and pants combo he was wearing looked like he had tried to get them as wrinkled as possible, thrown them in the corner of his hotel room the night before. And I was like, oh, my God, this kid, who is this dude? Like, how do I not know this? You expect him to shoot 80. He goes out and shoots like 66. And I was like, oh, that's homeless. All right, that's the He's guy. He's as fun a guy to be around as humanly possible. I mean, he and Joel team up at the Zurich, obviously. Uh, that's a team that might be a little, like he said, that might be a little too much fun in one group for those two when they get together, but he's as good as they can. How about the beer pong injury where he's just got a shard of glass sticking out of his bag and he doesn't even know it. If you don't draw blood playing beer pong, you're not doing it right. That's all I can say after, after listening to this, but those two in new Orleans team event, it's just dangerous. I don't think anything good can happen, but listen, I'm here for it. I love watching it. He is one of my favorite guys on the PGA tour. He's got the snail. I think you should call it stinky pinky, but you know, that's my opinion. Whatever. He is awesome. Love watching this guy play. I cannot wait for him to win on the PGA tour. And it could be soon Colt, as we dive into some of these picks here. It is time to step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA tour on, on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet the tour with a no sweat first bet. If you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets. All you got to do is go to, FanDuel Sportsbook, type in code SUBPAR. You can bet matchups. You can bet outright winners, top 10s, top 20s, all you want to do. Mark Hubbard, I'm telling you, he's going to get that win soon, please. But we are on to the Rocket Mortgage. He is in the field. Who are we going with? Interesting you should say that. I'm going to start out with my favorite, okay, of the week. I'm going to go Cameron Young, going off at 16 mm. to 1, okay? This dude's had a monster year for a rook. Six top fives on tour this year. Two of those, by the way in major championships. I feel like he's due to peel one of these things off. 
this would be a good place to get it done. Good field, not the strongest field in the world, but he could put a little exclamation on that rookie of the year campaign that he's working on right now. And since you teased it, I'm going to go ahead and go with my long shot as well right now. Homeless Hogs going off at 60 to one, third and fourth in his last two starts on tour. He's playing really nice golf, not a long course. He's a phenomenal putter and short game wizard around the greens. He's locked up his card for next year, coming out of that conditional status. I mean, why not him? Why not? Why not Hubs, dude? And he was our guest. Shit, what are you going to do? Not picking. Normally him? they play. Normally when they're our guests, they play well. So can't right. hate on you for that at all. But you know what? I've played this golf course. I have learned firsthand that if you smash it. You got a great chance here. Bryson DeChambeau absolutely overpowered this place. I'm going to go with a guy who absolutely smashes it. That's Will Zaltoris, 15 to 1. He's going to get his first PGA Tour win here at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. As far as a long shot, I'm going to go with another guy that absolutely smashes it. He actually just gave me a ride to the hotel here in Detroit from Zach Johnson's charity event. Luke List, 80 to 1. Love those odds. He won at Torrey Pines. This guy, he's got, he's got all the tools. I would not be surprised. If Luke List picks up his second win of the season, going off at 80 to 1 here at the Rocket Mortgage. And you can see for yourself why FanDuel is the number one sports book. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code SUBPAR to get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Make sure you use promo code SUBPAR. Must be 20 years older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, or Wyoming. First online roll money wage only. Refund issued to Donald Trump expired 14 days of receipt. Restrict supply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandle.com in Iowa. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or 1-88-789-7777 or 1-800-522-4700. Sleaze. And we are in Detroit. We are going to be out at the Rocket Mortgage getting amongst it with our friends at Fandle. Yes, we will. Your voice sounds great today. I want to say that. I think your voice but is... I- your voice is really been, gravelly. It's got some, you got some pain in that voice, bro. Slays, I have been talking for the last 800 hours. I had to MC Zach's event, had to entertain my friends, had to talk afterwards. I, I need a break. There you go. Well, tomorrow's we, a good day to get started with that. But we can't break because we got to be with our friends at FanDuel tomorrow. 100%. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have some coffee. I'm going to have some honey, and we'll be right back to normal. Yeah, right back at it. Back up on the horse. All right. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar. Bye.